Last week we spoke about the fact that we, we're on this road, we've, uh, we've gone through the stop-go sign, repent and be baptized. Many people were baptized and uh, we went through the stop-go, but the first thing that we see on the road is the petrol station on the side of the road. And so last week we spoke about the fact that the Holy Spirit is for all of us. So we filled our petrol tanks up to the brim. Now, who knows what I did before I became a pastor? I was an engineer, mechanical engineer. And if you know anything about engineering, you'll know there's something more important than petrol to get you where you want to go. It's oil. And what did we add tonight the oil was? The Holy Spirit. Because it's the, it's the oil of the Spirit. That's uh, the grace of the Spirit. The truth of the Spirit. And so, our biggest problem is that we can study the Word and we understand the, the theology of the Holy Spirit. Because it's written down and it's in the Word, but we struggle with the experience of the Holy Spirit. What am I saying? You come to the front, someone prays for you, and the Holy Spirit comes on you and touches you, and you think, what's going on here? Uh, this is wrong. It's because your experience is, is not based on what the Word says. And we see that in the Word. We see when the guys were meeting in, the, in the, the room, the 120, and the Holy Spirit came down, and they all started spilling out of the room, and people were saying, are they drunk? So you see, what we read and what we see is two different things. We read it and we're comfortable with it. Oh, they, they looked like they were drunk. But when we look at the front of the church and somebody's wobbling and falling around and we think, what's going on with that person? And I'm not for people making it happen because that also happens. I remember when I, when I was young, I was, still, I was in a church where uh, there was lots of stuff like getting prayed for the sick and stuff like that. And the guy would be coming down the road and saying, the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And the people were falling over. But I watched them. They actually looked to see if there's someone behind them and they fall over. No, that's not the way it works. But I have seen people, myself included, God was praying, and we were in a tiny little church at this stage. We were busy planting a church, and the guy came to pray for me. He didn't give him, get near me, because I was like, if you, if you push me over, you're going to have to push hard, because I'm going to stand like this. And so as he got near me, the Lord just here, I went through like four, five rows of chairs. <laughs> that changed my perspective. So we need to have a correct theology and to understand why the Holy Spirit does what he does. That's why I don't think this happens so often, because what's the purpose? There is a purpose, but what's the purpose when it happens? Is, is something happening? For me, when people come up for prayer and you pray for them and the Holy Spirit hits them and they go down and God heals them, that's the purpose. It's not so that they look foolish at the front of the church. But we cannot restrict God to our theology or our experience. You see, God has given us two gifts. Who's going to be the lucky lady today? I only pay for one person to get gifts. I promise you that. She doesn't get gifts often. So, babes, I've got two gifts for you. You want to come take them? 
there while my babe's looking. Babes, what about this one? Babes, there's a second gift. You can share this one with me. Oh, no, don't spray me with that. You, you, can, you, can, you can have this, babe. You can have it. Just, just take it home and have a look what's in there. There's a voucher with lots of money, babes. <laughs> Come, babes. Come take this one. You can open it in 10 years' time. Really? What's, what am I? Just take it with you. You see, God has given us two gifts. He's given us His Son. And most of us take a hold of His Son. Yes, I accept Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and He's my Savior. But then God gives us a second gift. It's the Holy Spirit. He gives us His Holy Spirit. And most of us don't take that gift. You think, oh no, I've got the gift that I want. I don't need this gift over here. But we need to take both of them. The Holy Spirit has come because Jesus is gone. Thousands, hundreds, millions of people have received the first gift. But a lot less people have received the second gift. They're resistant to the Holy Spirit. This is, this is weird. But if it's in the Word of God, it's not weird. And the thing is, God is a generous God. He's going to give you more than two gifts. But if you don't take the second one, you're not going to get the third one. And we're not even going there. We're, just, we, we're focusing on the fact that we need to take that second gift. Because God is a generous God. What is your impression of God? Is it one of being generous or is it one of being stingy? Many of us say, oh, no, I, 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 can't, I can't expect God to give me that. Others will say, I can't expect God not to give me that. I've got myself to the place where I'm pretty, I have an expectancy that God can give me things that I don't deserve. But you know what? That's the strange thing. We do deserve it because Jesus died. It's not because of us. It's because of the fact that he died for us. That we get it. So what I want to do is I want to look at some of the functions of the Holy Spirit. Some of the jobs that the Holy Spirit does. John 16 and verse 7. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Unless I go away... The counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That word there is, it's actually the word comforter. If you, go and, if you look it up uh, in the Greek. So what was the function of a comforter? What, what do you think a comforter would do? I remember when they started with the truth and reconciliation uh, thing that they did with people, they actually paid people to sit next to people and tap them on the, oh, oh, I'm so sorry for you. God doesn't do that. Uh-uh. The comforter, we think, his job is to get us out of a bad situation. Even though we deserve what we're getting. But that's what we think. It means actually the opposite of that. 
It means he's going to put you right in the face of trouble and then come stand alongside you and get you through. I remember when, uh, when I was doing my angiogram and, and Lou, Lou was my cardiologist. Is he up there? No. He came, in, he came and sat next to me because he had said to me, oh, we've probably got to put in a few stents and then you'll be fine. That's like a really easy job there. Or sort of easy compared to what that happened. So he sits next to me and he said, look at me because I want to look up there. You can see where the blockages are. He said, look at me. So I look at him, and he starts crying. I thought, oh, no, this is bad. He's crying. And then he said, Roland, I can't fix you with stents. I have to send you for a bypass operation. Aiden, I started crying. Because there's such a thing of the unknown of what's going to happen, what could go wrong, and what could go right. There's a huge tapestry in one of the uh, uh, castles in, in, the, in Europe, and it depicts the Battle of Hastings. That was in 1066, this battle. And uh, it's got a picture of Bishop Odin, and it's got written on the board, he's comforting his troops. And so if you look at this thing, he's got this long stick with a points on the end, and he's actually, when they try and run away from the fight, he pricks them to get them to go back. And that's what the Holy Spirit does to you and me. When we want to run away from a bad situation, he says, no, no, come, I'll go with you. I'll go through this with you. Because when we go through situations, we overcome and we, we become much stronger for it. So that word comforter, the, the, the true meaning is the the true word is parakletos. I'm sure some of you have heard that. It's the Holy Spirit. Para means to come alongside, very close. That's like my wife. To come alongside. And kletos is to beckon or to call, to come alongside. So if you put these two things together, the Holy Spirit is permanently called to your side to, to provide coaching, direction, instruction, counsel, and so when Jesus goes, that scripture, he says, I will pray that you get a parakletos, a comforter in the middle of the battle. So stop praying about, oh, Lord, just comfort me. Say, Lord, can you come and help me to go through this thing? I want to put this thing behind me. I never want to go through this thing again. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is so gracious because... Often we circle the mountain and we have to go through this thing again. And there he's with us again. Come, let's go through this thing. John 16 and verse 8. It says, And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He will convict the world of sin. Guys, I, I, I want you to... I'm sure everyone that's a parent here has had children. When you tell your children something and they don't listen, what do you do? You just up the volume a little bit, eh? Behave. Then they don't listen. Behave. A little bit more. Behave. You need to understand that God is the opposite. He says, behave, Benji. 
eventually can't hear you. The more you don't listen, the less likely you are to hear God. And so we've got the Holy Spirit to, to convict us of sin in our lives. I don't know about you, but I, I go through life and, if, you know, everything just happens around you. And then suddenly the Lord will convict me of something. Oh, that's not right. That is not right. You need to sort this out in your life. And it's often about my wife. So I have to go to her and I say to her, Babe, what have you done wrong again? I want to encourage you guys. When you hear God, whatever you hear, do it. Don't waste time. Do it. You know what? You can never do too much. If you think I'm, hey, God's saying this and you go and do it, you're not going to get into trouble. You, you, you're going to be moving forward in your walk with God. He will convict us of sin and he will judge sin. Guys, we don't want to live under the judgment of God. We really don't. And when, when we're living in this place, remember, we've got no oil in our car. So the car can't go because the gears will grind themselves finished and uh, the engine will overheat and all sorts of things will happen that you, it's not like just filling up petrol again. It's like changing the motor. It's much worse to not put oil in your motor than to fill your car up with petrol. Not fill your car up. If you run out of petrol, you can just get some more and put it in the tank and there you go again. But oil, it will finish your car off. You'll need a, a refurbished motor or a brand new one for that case. Patty, when she first started driving, she'd often ask me, so what, what must I do at the petrol station? I'd say, make sure that you get the oil checked. Check the oil, check the tires. Because who knows what flat tires do? They also chew your petrol consumption. So do those things. Check the things in your, in your life. Righteousness, you'll be in right standing with God. Because you are hearing Him. When He says, hey, do this, let's do it. Why don't we do that? And then He'll do that. And, and I've learned in my life to, to listen. John 14, verses 25 to 26. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So the Father is saying, people that don't, don't love me, they won't obey me. Who's heard about love languages in your, in your marriages? You all heard about God's love language is obedience. Obedience. I don't like to say that. People come to me often and say, why must I be obedient? Because the Bible says so. These words you hear are not mine. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I've spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. The Holy Spirit will give us fresh insight. He'll give us fresh revelation. We, when we hear the word revelation, we think, what is that? It just means something that you didn't understand, you now understand. It's been revealed. So 
He will become your personal teacher. You know, you go to school. You, you ask anyone yeah, that's at school. They go to school, and they're in a class with 45 other children, and it's not easy to be at school with 40-whatever children in the class with you. And you come home, and now your mom and your dad have to actually do the, te the teacher's job. They, they have to help you. But you've got your personal teacher. When you're sitting and reading the Word, I don't know about you, without the Holy Spirit, I'm wasting my time reading the Bible. People have read books this thick. But have they read the Bible from beginning to end? I remember I was on another man's team, and the one day he said, okay, who's read the Bible? No, who's read the New Testament? So most people, they've read the New Testament. Who's read the Old Testament? A few, a lot less. And who's read the whole Bible? Who hasn't read the whole Bible? There were about four or five of us that put up their hands, and you could see they were like, this guy didn't pull punches. He said, what are you doing here? Yeah, they were pastors. What are you doing here? You haven't read the Bible. What are you doing here? I want to challenge you guys. Have you read the Bible? From beginning to end, have you read the Bible? You know what? It's a waste of time without the Holy Spirit. But when you sit down and you open that word and the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate stuff to you. For me, some days I read big portions of Scripture. And other days, God will catch my attention in the first verse that I read. And I'll stop there. Lord, what are you saying to me? How do you want me to apply this? How do you want me to help others with this? And so the Holy Spirit illuminates stuff to us. Romans 8 and verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Guys, He'll lead you. When you get out of the bed in the morning, do you say, Good morning, God? Or do you say, Oh, God, it's morning. Which one do you do? We need to be those that jump out of bed in the morning. I know that it's not easy, but I'll do it, otherwise I'll be in trouble. I've got to jump out and put the coffee on. But he will lead us. Daily guidance in God's word. You know what? When we jump up in the morning and we rush out into our job and, and we find ourselves busy with everything we do, God struggles to lead us. We don't hear him. For many years, Patty and I didn't do a devotional together. I told her, devotionals for me and God, not you. But now we, we do devotionals together. And it's amazing. As we read the Word, or we listen to the Word, or whatever it is, how God begins to get us excited about the day. And, and God begins to lead. We, are, we need to be led. Do you know what? Led is not only spiritual stuff. Led is led in your, in your daily walk. When I worked as an engineer for SAPI, um, I was like about fourth or fifth on the call-out list. So the, the oaks that are the, what can I say, the, the least knowledgeable, they get called out first. If they can't solve it, they call out the next guy. And so uh, they would normally call me out in the middle of the night. 
So I'd, I'd be thinking about this thing as I'm, they used to come pick you up in a car and drive you out to the factory. And they'd be driving me out to the factory and I'm thinking. And I haven't even been there, so I don't know what the problem is. I know the, the machine has stopped and it's $1,200 per minute that is not happening and they need it to happen. And so I, I'm, I'm busy getting there. I get out, I start to walk along the machine and the Lord just drops, change that bearing. What do you mean that bearing? We've checked that bearing. We've listened to that bearing. There's nothing wrong with that bearing. I said, change that bearing. Because in paper making, if your tensions are not right, the paper keeps on breaking. And so a bearing that is not working correctly will cause you devastation. They change it. There we go. And then a little bit further on down the road. Natal is in a serious drought, like Cape Town was a couple of years ago. And the river's drying up. Now this same river supplies the little town that I stayed in that supplies sappy. So they said, okay, well the factory's going to have to close because we can't stop the water going to the town. So we chopped the factory down. As I said, $1,200, not rand, dollars a minute that this thing is not stopped. So the, the works director calls us all into the, into the factory and we're all there, all the, the mana, you know, the production managers and the, the plant engineers and all sorts of stuff. And he says, what are we going to do? And so we go around like this, you know. Oh, let's, let's put a borehole down. Let's do that. We'll do it. Do it. Get to me. Now I'm shaking because I know what I'm going to say. I'm shaking. I'm thinking, let's pray. Everyone was like, I. So I said, come on, let's get on our knees and pray. There was only about two or three Christians that got on their knees with me. But we prayed. Within a half an hour, the rain came. We started that factory up. I tell you what, the guys were like, whoa. This is real. We need to be those that are led by the Spirit of God. You see your husband sitting there and he's not looking so like, do you go and make him a cup of coffee, bake a cake, hey babes, what can I do for you? <laughs> oh, okay, sizzle a steak rather. But you know what? Often God will speak to us and tell us, hey, do this with your wife. Go and do it. Don't think, oh no, that's not God. It won't cause any harm. Go and do it. Wives, just in case you think you're off the hook. When, when the Lord prompts you to do something, do it. You know what? The more you do it, the easier it becomes because you, you, get, you get into the rhythm of, hey Lord, yes, this is it. Look, there'll be times when you make horrible mistakes. So this led by the Spirit of God is actually, in the Greek, it's what they call that continuing present tense. It means not talking about being led now and then not led and then led. It's a continuous thing. We, we can't place emphasis on now I'm going to look at theology. Oh, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at what the Holy Spirit is doing. No, we need to put that oil in. 
and we need to drive that car with the safety of knowing the oil is in the car. And so now we've got the petrol sorted out, cleaned the tank out, put the petrol in, put the oil in. Now we can continue this journey. Now we, we're on our way. Now we're going now. So what, what are we, we depending upon the Spirit for every moment that we're driving down the road? To be led by the Spirit, we do not have to plan our own way. Because Christ has prepared us for good works. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We need to enter into God's plan for our life. You know, people say, Oh, I don't know what God wants me to do. Uh, let, let's make a plan. In South Africa, let a uh, make a plan. And an Englishman market recht. <laughs> so, we don't make our own plan. People, I watch people, when I see them making plans, I, I will say to Patty, that guy's like Jacob. Jacob was always making a plan. You go and look in the Old Testament. My oldest son is like that. He's always making a plan. He, 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 he serves the Lord, but he's got to make sure that he makes a plan so that Things can happen and things can work. And when I talk to him, you say, oh, you're, you're, I can hear he's saying, you're, you're, but he's not actually listening to what I'm saying. And then he'll, he'll make his plans. And his plans have often not worked out. We must stop making a plan. So instead of making our plans, we should expect God to bless his plans. We should find out his plans and live in those so that God's Hand can be upon us. I tell you, in Christian circles today, much time is wasted on fruitless, time-consuming things. A waste of time. It talks about it in 1 Corinthians. Sweat-producing activities. Patty's got some perfume for you for you. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the Levites were responsible for the, the, the caring of the temple. If they sweated, they were not allowed to walk work there. They could not perspire. What, what does that mean? It means they couldn't work in their own strength. They had to work in God's strength. They had to work in His anointing. Not their own anointing. Not their own things that they wanted to do. John 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. The Holy Spirit will always point us back to Jesus. He won't point to anything else. He'll point us back to the Father and to Jesus. John 16, and verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whoever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So he will guide you into truth. You don't have to run on fumes from somebody else. Oh, so-and-so said, no, God will give you your own truth. He will help you. He will tell you what is coming. 
1 Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God does not consist of talk, but of power. The result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is supernatural empowering of the gospel. So if you've got a pen, you're taking notes. This is it. We may define the work of the Holy Spirit as this. The work of the Holy Spirit is to manifest the active presence of God. Not the omnipresence. He's all over anyway. But the active presence of God in the world and the church. You know what? Over many years, people have said the, the, the anointing. I'll talk about the anointing like it's a... Like a weird thing. But it says the ministry of the Holy Spirit is called the anointing. It is not a box of tricks. But it's the ability to get the job done. The ability to get the job done. So whatever you need, that is where the Holy Spirit will meet you. Acts 2 verse 38. We're going to finish there. Acts 2 and verse 38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized. We've been through that. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then the last part, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we, we heard that the gift of the Holy Spirit is for all. Now we're hearing the function of the Holy Spirit is to do this. This is what he does. He guides us into truth. He leads us. He comforts us by getting us through the situation. So I just want to pray for us today.